I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled Boost, a series specifically created to boost businesses in South Africa by letting passionate and committed business people share their stories. In this episode, we're chatting about mining technology, we're chatting about technology in extreme underground environments, and how it can aid proactive decision-making in complex and cost-intensive environments. We're also chatting about Spot the Robot. I'm honored to be joined by Jamie van Square, manage, uh, Managing Director from Dwyer Mining Services. Jamie, welcome. Yaku, it is great to be on your show. How are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and, and good morning to your listeners. Um, I trust we're going live. And um, yeah, about myself, um, passionate about technology. I think the, the journey that happened in technology uh, was around my... Um, wanting to change mindsets and uh, wanting to make a, a real change, um, loving experimentation, so around experimenting with new things, uh, new technologies, new landscapes, new environments. I think that was an allure, so that's kind of what jumped me in from a, a family business involved in underground mining exposure. Um, yeah, a, a passion for data, so we really like the uh, differentiate between good data and great data, um, and that came from some exposure in the research and uh, research environment when I started my career, uh, and then uh, to develop skills. I think that's been a, a thing that's been close to my heart as uh, as a South African and African is really we have such an amazing um, uh, intellectual base and uh, creating opportunities for people to develop has been close to my heart, and and I've had this fantastic opportunity to use Dwyer to fulfill uh, most of those um, most of those objectives, which has been a great journey so far. Ah, excellent. That's quite a it's quite a nice intro. So let's jump right into it. So what does uh, Dwyer Mining Services do? So Dwyer Mining Services is a pan-African technology platform that focuses primarily on mining technology um, with a focus on human plus machine. So we help our clients adopt and adapt to an evolving landscape where technology is used to either or most often create a safer working environment, at the same time create opportunities to be more efficient. Um, so that's taken us around across the across the continent, um, primarily focused on visualization, so technologies for remote sensing, um, software platforms that allow us to get a better picture of an environment to make better, quicker decisions. And what it's led to is this evolution from selling software in the visualization space to integrating uh, devices onto that software. Um, the problem there was that we had these devices, we couldn't connect them on an infrastructure. We were talking about connectivity earlier. Um, getting the data from the most challenging environments is, is the key. And you normally always want that information from where you can't get it. So we, we developed that part of the business as a vertical, um, which is our data vertical, our second D. Um, and then uh, a big part of it was this display um, and designing the, the interface we use. So so much of what we do today centers around a screen and a and, a, and an ability to make sense from this picture. And, and getting this picture in front of a, a mining team that speaks up to 11 languages in this country um, a meeting of the minds is exactly what we started this business out to do. So when you get a picture in front of everyone, everyone can align, everyone can, uh, there's no contestation, there's no ego, it's just about the visual. And then a deployment team that has grown to support this, uh, this platform. Now we employ 30 people in our South African business with wow. learnerships, uh, learning the ropes. We've got uh, a platform in Botswana that's growing quickly, uh, another business that's growing in Tanzania, all under the Dwyer Mining Services Group umbrella. And um, yeah, with aspirations to get into West Africa and start uh, Palavu in France as well. So yeah, it's been a, 
And that's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, okay, we fa- Fantastic. And in, and in how did the, the business start? Uh, how did it come about? So um, I jumped out of uh, uh, rights management and uh, sponsorship um, uh, career into family business uh, with the uh, with, uh, ambition to create a succession plan for our, a business called Terramin, which focuses on delivering air to the face of most underground uh, African mines. Um, that family succession plan shifted, and I adopted the, the visualization platform that was called Ventsim. That was just as one software platform that we started growing the value-added services around. And as the technology words like IoT and uh, digital twins started happening, we were on the front foot for about four or five years already doing this. And um, yeah, adopting and, and adding to Dwyker was the, the next step in that journey for us. So it started out in a, in a, as like a visualization platform and has grown to be a multidisciplinary, multi-channel, multi-device, um, yeah, canvas for for mining technologies specifically ones that are from overseas a lot of canadian australian american european technologies that are wanting to unlock value in africa and they approach us and we either canvas them for a solution that we're trying to deliver for our clients and we help them deploy that in africa and with the ultimate goal to embed that technology because there's lots of flashy tech but unless the the flashy tech is embedded in organization and delivers an roi it really is uh, a nice to have. So we, we, that's kind of our mantra is to embed technologies. And um, it's a holistic human plus machine journey. You know, you, we, always, we always joke that people say, ah, oh, technology, and I'll preempt your question about technology taking jobs. What we see is that, you know, the technology arrives in a box. You still have to get the human to unwrap it, to unbox it, to use it, to implement it, and to embed it. So that's where our teams have, and my team's been amazing at um, assisting and handholding and supporting that adoption on mine site. So, so if I'm now a, a brand new mining customer, what what would you typically come and do for me? So I think the first first thing we always start out is is uh, either we approach we canvassing or a client approaches us. We're fortunate to have developed a reputation of being able to solve uh, complex problems and complex environments so in the event that a client like yourself said i have a problem it's really getting an idea of what that user requirement looks like what is it uh, that we're trying to solve what are we trying to improve uh what's going wrong we always we say where are you bleeding um and to use and to kind of carry with the health analogies that or where are you bleeding and, and why are you bleeding so let's go find out why um, and then generally once we've scoped that out and we've got an idea of what the the problem is or what the linked upstream and downstream um, possibilities are we look for a technology partner if it's not within our stack already and we do have a, quite a broad stack and um, that, that solves already these, a lot of these problems we'll go to market and find it canvas it test it ourselves kick it around our already test lab and make sure it, it can last the blast um, we throw it we kick it and then we say cool now we think it's maybe ready for mining and then we said our clients cool do you want to run a proof of concept and of course, they're in, they're vested in that success, so they do. And um, we generally run a proof of concept, and um, more often than not, it's successful on what we're trying to set to achieve. And then that delivers the data that they can use for better decision making. And so, that's essentially how it evolves from there. So, so you're talking about these uh, harsh environments and and last blast. So, give us an uh, an idea. Uh, typically, how, how far, I assume it's all under or the bulk of it's underground. How far do you go? 
Yeah, no, it's uh, someone. Someone went saying, oh, "My office is aircon. It's just so cold today." <laughs> and I and I suddenly think of my team that uh, is sometimes down at four kilometers. You know, at Harmonies and Penang miners, you know, up to four kilometers underground. So next time you go on a four-kilometer jog around the block, think about taking that uh, vertical distance and straight down the center of the earth. So that's um, you know, if you take a, a visual, if you're on top of Table Mountain um, and you look down to Clifton Beach, that's a kilometer. Times that by four, Jeez. that's where, where most of our technology is now proven to to work. So yeah, it's um, the, we we talk about the four Ds: the deep, the dark, the dirty, and the dangerous. And um, another another couple of Ds for our Dwyer business, um, so that I can remember them. So because I'm Dorf, but um, it's uh, those environments are uh, sorry, the technologies in those environments uh, have to to be able to lever those constraints, and that's really where our clients who are like to kick the tires want to make sure that the tech's going to deliver um, and often we have to sell to the constraints because most technology isn't developed and um, tested uh, on a test bench at four kilometers where it's you know you ask about it's 70 80 percent humidity it's it can be 36 degrees um, it's hot and uh, it's you know if you have a fear of um, confined space i mean the, the newer trackless mines are much larger but the old conventional mines are are tight and uh can be quite uncomfortable so yeah we um but again you know we'll talk about spot later but this is where you know we've almost come full circle where we've been doing so much trackless work with drones where we have lots of space and now coming back to a south african environment where we're having to uh, unlock value in conventional mines where we are literally having to crawl under you know 1.5 meter high stoping heights and just a if you ever visit our office, we've got this door in the middle of our office that you have to duck under. And that door is 1.5 meters high. And everyone asks me, like, what's this door for? And why do we have this small little door? Um, and I, I said to them, well, you know, when we're in the comfort of our own office that's air-conditioned, um, we get to uh, – we must remember that we're actually selling to our mining clients. You have to duck under um, duck under 1.5 meter stoping height. So just remember who we're selling to and what we're doing here. I like that. That's that's amazing. So you mentioned uh, Spot now. So let's talk about Spot. What what is Spot? So Spot is a quadruped robotic dog. Um, it's our new best friend at Dwyer Mining Services. Um, for those of you that follow any kind of social media, you would have seen a yellow robotic dog, probably dancing around uh, a football field or a an open field, or you would have seen him on Jimmy Fallon's uh, most recent uh, late-night interview where Spot made an appearance and did a dance uh, for the for the audience. But, I mean, on the industrial side, Spot has been uh, a, a ground robotics tool for us. We have been flying underground drones and GPS-denied drones for the last two and a half years. And, uh, where we underground drone? Wait, I've, got a, I've just got to stop you there. Just uh, underground drone. Yeah, so if you know a little bit, of, if you've flown uh, hobby drones, you would know that you have to connect your satellites on surface to be able to orientate it. Yeah. The problem in an underground mine is that you, there's no satellites. Definitely not four ground. kilometers down. No, I mean, excitingly today, timing-wise, we just launched our Hovermap ST, which is our partner from, from Brisbane, Australia. And um, they use a LiDAR sensor that's mounted on a DJI drone. And um, we are able to use that LiDAR sensor to create a protective vesh or bubble around the drone so we can operate that in a GPS-denied environment. So we send them into tunnels, into big voids, into into open space. And because it can uh, navigate autonomously, it can also using the LiDAR sensor to map and create a 3D point cloud. And these 3D point clouds, or 
another buzzword for the, the listeners, yeah. this digital twin, um, is what we come back with. And those digital twins are from places that you could never paint a picture. So I remember the first time we did the scan, <clears throat> it was in Kabali at Barrack Gold's mine uh, in the DRC. We, we watched this drone fly in, disappear, come back, and for that one or two minutes, it doesn't sound like a long time, but for two minutes, we all held our breath. I can uh, only imagine. So how long you seen it from the surface, it, it uh, goes down. You actually send it from uh, into like from a, an access drive into this big, large cavity, which you can't okay. really see because there's no lights. So yes. LIDAR operates in no, in no light. So you just see that the green and red lights of the drone disappear. It came back, it landed. And with that, we had this 3D point cloud of a, a big hole in the ground that was 100 meters high, 50 meters wide, and 40 meters deep. That normally takes four or five hours to scan. We did it in four minutes. Wow. So that kind of accelerated data is the, is the, are the kind of things that excite us because it unlocks value for our humans on mine to be able to start doing the important things like using the data instead of capturing the data. So like coming back to spot is that now we get into a South African environment. We don't have these large tunnels. We don't have these large stopes. But our mining clients uh, in sub-Saharan Africa where you're mining on reef and narrow vein uh, mines, they need to get the data in unsupported territories or at least unsupported areas. And that's where we can't fly the drone because it's limited by the, the hanging height and this bubble that I talked about earlier. So yeah, is where we want them to send spot in. So spot in the mining industrial side, we've got like a little bit of a mantra going. We're saying it's no-go areas. So we're wanting to send spot into areas that humans shouldn't be going because of either hazardous environments, unsupported gas. Um, you know, these environments that are often mined aren't always suitable for humans. So we want to send spot into these, these no-go areas. We also want to send spot into you know, fly low. So we're able to navigate where we can't do the drone. So where there's, there's tight areas, where there's potentially a fall of ground for a first, uh, a first responder in case of an emergency. You know, spot can take 14 kilograms of, of, of payload. So I mean, you could literally put 14 liters of water and send it into a place to, to aid in a search and rescue, um, wow. for example. And then the other one is to create flow. So it's you know, the, three, the three mantras that rhyme nice and easy, like no-go, fly low, and create flow. So the flow side of it is, is kind of um, more the repeatability uh, and the um, the scan-on-scan scan intelligence. So you can imagine if you had, and we don't even have to use the mining side there, we can use some of the industrial clients we're speaking to. They want to scan a design or scan a plant in a step-by-step process. So they can look on uh, previous day versus um, today. And they can look at those changes and differences. And because they can almost like, it's like it looks like an x-ray effect, you can see that if there's deviations, if there's a mistake or a problem that we can identify early because going back once concrete is poured is much more difficult to do if you're doing it three weeks after. Yeah. So we, um, those, those, are the, those are the create flow. So we, we're wanting to put payloads on spot like cameras and scanners and acoustic sensors, basically the eyes and ears of spot. You can imagine the analogy of the dog again is that dogs hear better, see better. The same applies in, in this robotic dog that we now call our own. Um, we can send Spot to listen for gas leaks, for bearings, bearings that are, are moving that we can't hear. And it literally heat maps them. Um, so we can visually see the, the hearing on Spot with a, a payload like Flukes V360 uh, acoustic Centra. Um, so that's, that's one of the things. And then infrared, I mean, we, we can only see the wavelengths we can see in the human eye. You know, as soon as we start putting payloads with infrared um, and a 50 optical zoom, you can do some amazing things at distance um, and still identify some predictive uh, failures or uh, that you wouldn't have been able to see otherwise. So 
Spot is creating this unprecedented platform to uh, uh, deliver and collect data that we previously could not uh, get our hands on safely. So that's that's essentially where it's augmenting human effort in mining and industrial applications. And and I assume from a South African perspective, uh, it's uh, that's pretty pretty new tech. Um, or are there a lot of people doing stuff like this? Yeah, so I think ground robotics is not a new thing. So there, there's been like lots of tracked robots, and there's some really amazing businesses actually out of South Africa. Um, there's an amazing business uh, you should look up, One World. They have an office in South Africa, but they're sending robots to um, to Mars and the Moon. So I mean, if you think your uh, your strategy was uh, is ambitious, log into OneWorld.ai or .io. I can't remember what it is, and have a look at what they're doing. But yeah, ground robotics not a um, a new thing. I think what is new. From the, is the commercialization of this four-legged dog. So tracked robots, essentially like a, like a tank, having a track, have its limitations in mining based on the uh, conditions that you'd have to walk. So think about mud, loose gravel. Spot has this amazing perception capability um, to be able to move and adapt as it steps. It's actually using the sensor as it places its foot to decide what to do once it puts its foot down. So it's actually testing the soil, kind of wow. like when they're stalking. You can, you know, like when you see a lion, it actually sometimes like, it actually moves the the ground before it puts its foot down, so it doesn't make a noise when it stalks. Something similar to spots, but um, yeah, it's uh, from a South African perspective, technology adoption in our experience has been slightly slower. Um, it's Why been the result it? of I think economic. I think it's been a result of economic um, aspects and being always uh, subject to the rand's volatility. We our external business outside of South Africa has adopted drones again more quickly but again they've also had the trackless environment so we're hoping that spot's going to be able to unlock the value that a lot of trackless mines have had the privilege of using drones uh, and now again like a payload partner like cover map which is a lidar sensor to do the same in these underground mines as well so yeah it's it's about having this platform and then really being experimenting with payloads which is really going to be the exciting part of this this year specifically as we go on a roadshow of spot seeing what we can what we can come up with uh, on the back of spot and, and our biggest spot if you had to compare it now to a, a, a dog i almost said a it's human dog you, but <laughs> it's bigger than you think no i mean i remember unboxing it and we, obviously we waited quite a long time we waited for batteries to get shipped you can't air freight the batteries so we we got spots and we didn't have batteries. We had to wait for the batteries to come in. So it was a it was quite an anticipation. But spot is much bigger than you anticipate. Uh, it stands a meter off the ground essentially. So it's um, it weighs like thirty seven kilo thirty three kilos. Uh, it's it's you know half a meter wide. It stand you know it's it's about a meter meter long, and its standing height is eight forty. So at eight forty mils. So you you and with the payload it's about one point two. So. You, it's probably a large dog. I wouldn't say a Great Dane, but it's uh, sounds it's like a burble. A, a border collie, <laughs> maybe a burble. Maybe that would be a nice South African analogy. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing that obviously Spot we talked about, um, uh, you know, how does it look? You know, what can we do with it? You know, it's it's fully this enterprise robot that we launched last year at Goldview City. It has full capability to connect over Wi-Fi. Um, so we, you know, it's a smart dog. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's got full capability to do that. We, we test wireless capability. We ensure that our clients have the coverage they need so they can run these auto walks or these missions. We essentially spots able to look for a QR code called a fiducial and we program these walks so that they can happen autonomously or they can happen randomly, like in a security application, which we are having a number of those discussions in South Africa mm. around doing perimeter walks at random times. Um, obviously, the cameras and the, even a microphone, you can even create a dialogue between Scott, Spot and a person if it comes across them. 
you know, the, the AI features are obviously there that are being developed by a number of partners. If you log on to Boston Dynamics website, you'll see a host of partners and integration platforms that are now jumping on the back of a very user-friendly API um, that is now available to anyone that, that is keen to code anything on it. So, yeah, I think the other thing that's unique about the spot is that you, you know, you have to feed dogs. So, um, yeah. and, and, and people like a grudge, grudge thing, these and people, but you know, you have to feed dog, uh, you have to feed spot is electricity and it's got a docking station. So now you can actually offload, you can charge spot, um, on its little kennel or its little docking station and you can set up docks along the way. So you can literally have, I mean, I think it's got up to 90 minutes runtime. Arguably 60 to be conservative to make sure you have buffer time on the scan, etc. But you could send spot and come back and charge again for up to an hour uh, comfortably. So there's there's lots of, uh, and then you could do that in series if you had enough docks as well. So you can start thinking that in a large, in a renewables um, uh, plant for O&M, for operations and maintenance, you could you could be utilizing spot to do a whole series of things in the day, like scanning panels and um, con- uh, transformers, etc. And at night you could be running security. And that's what I'm excited about Spot. I'm excited about Spot because you can you can take time off the shelf. So in the mining application, for example, we have this, uh, when we blast, we drill and blast, we drill a hole, we put dynamite or uh, explosives in it, not dynamite, explosives in it, and we, and we advance three meters. But during the time after the blast, we can't put people there. It also takes us in a deep level gold mine, sometimes an hour to get people out. So if you're talking about an hour up and an hour down, how can we use Spot that doesn't even compete with anyone on the planet, that's a human, to do two hours of work while we are getting out of the mine or getting in? So oh, that's that time on the shelf. If you start adding up two hours a day over a year, what can we be scanning? Massive. What can we be making safer? What can we be helping our clients to produce more efficiently? That's where I get start getting really excited because you're not competing. There's no discussion around what, uh, what, you know, you know, what jobs are we taking. It's actually just making it more safe and more efficient. Tell me quickly, um, and, and how rough is the terrain that uh, is, is spot primarily inside? Or um, I mean, you, you mentioned security. Now I was thinking, can you can you can you relate spot loose on a on a game farm, for example? So we have. I told you we have this office in Tanzania. So the idea is to do a battery drop as a roadshow from from Cape Town. We might you might see spot on the top of Table Mountain soon, by the way. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll invite you for the for the hike, Yaku, if you're keen. Oh, I'll um, be keen. Yes. And, um, yeah, as long as I don't uh, have to carry uh, spot, it sounds like he's quite heavy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, that would be the idea not to carry spot, but um, to go from Cape, Cape to Tanzania to launch um, spot in, in the East African uh, partners that we represent. But that that journey, obviously, the reason I say is that we want to take it to the Serengeti and uh, or one of those things and just see you know spot with some spots on if it's uh, if it blends into its new environment. But I, I think there's there's definitely applications in nature and environment. Um, again, this whole like security side of things. Um, as well as uh, digital terrain capture, so we we uh, have this um, this idea about uh, scanning and, and mapping routes that people don't necessarily or can't necessarily access. They're in a wheelchair that uh, they um, they can't get to sites for financial reasons, but you, you kind of prejudice them by those stands. Can we map routes that people can take virtual? Reality uh, walks up Table Mountain, for example, and yes. um, experience nature. So, so we want to use Spot as this um, this advocate to to mapping and to creating visuals where you didn't think that you know where it could excite people. And, uh, and I think that's funny enough. What, what Spot for me and I have two daughters. We invited them to the launch. 
the one-year-old uh, loved it and then was freaked out by it uh, <laughs> because it was, it was almost bigger than her. But, the, but Grace is, is fascinated with how it moves. And when you put Spot in a room, there's this, everyone draws back and then they start smiling because it does bring the sense of excitement. And, and I think that's the, the thing that, that excites us as a business. And our t- deep tech business, which is focused on non-mining, um, around you know, what else can we be exciting our clients with? You know, what, what can we be doing for them that, that takes the heavy burden or some heavy lifting out of their role so they can maybe spend more time with their families at home, that they can go home safely to their families at home. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, again, where it comes back to is this, it's this, this, um, this new best friend that's, uh, that's creating a lot of excitement and, uh, yeah. Watch out! It's coming. It's coming to a place near you soon. So, so one last question before we uh, before we make it real. Um, you, you mentioned uh, potential resistance from from uh, people in in a sense that the technology might be threatening jobs. Is is that is that a is that a real thing? Because to me, the way that you explain it, uh, if you if I think about the the value of of human life and the value that's that the the premium that that obviously mines put on on human safety. To me, it's, it must almost be a no, a no-brainer. Yeah, and I think I think we have to be conscious that in number one in Africa we are dealing with lots of legacy issues with employment. So that that's the first acknowledgement. The thing about technology is not not even necessarily spot. Is that technology is accelerating the way we do business. Whether that's uh, iPhone or a, I mean, you're not going to start banning phones on mine sites because it's making, you're making everyone more efficient. But I think that you have to acknowledge the realities. The, the thing about human plus machine, which is why I led with that, is that I, I, I truly believe that there are, there is much more value in letting machines do repetitive, heavy exposure driven tasks. Again, one of our core principles in our business is family, like getting, making sure people get home safe. Yes. That is the minds, like you say, it's a shared ambition with us. Um, and I think that that capability or that focus is saying, well, why why shouldn't we be doing that? I often ask the question to your question saying, would you want to send your, your child into an unsupported stoke to get the data that the mind needs to be more efficient? And more often than not, unless it's been a really bad night, the guys say, no, I I agree with you. I wouldn't want to send my children into an underground stoke. So I think it's this, it's we, we're evolving, and I think it has to be, it's, it is a discussion, and I think that uh, you have to acknowledge it. But I think there are lots of smart ways, like I think the way that we talk about time on the shelf, where everyone benefits. And I think when we're marginalizing people, that's when there's issues. Uh, I think when we're in an inclusive environment and we and we start the engagement early on, and we do this with all our technology, we sell connectivity for underground yeah. mines, we, you know, we sell surface drones where people are saying their eyes are on top of me. In every engagement, we do our best. We don't always win uh, because... Yeah. It okay. becomes emotional and sometimes around people's egos. But I think the, the thing is we always try. And I think this this wave is of uh, robotics, automation, and technology isn't going to go away because it's there for the right fundamental reasons. I think the way we adopt it and the way we adapt to them is the key. And that's what we, we're trying to get right uh, whenever we do an implementation. Okay, well, in, in that case, I won't make a comment about uh, what's happening in the in Eastern Europe and maybe mounting a gun on top of spot. But anyway, I'll, I'll, we can leave that one for a ne- for a next uh, next uh, discussion. So, so uh, Jamie, thank I, I thank you, I thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was um, I, I like to uh, sort of end the show by making things real. So. Um, 
If people listen to this now, how do they find out if you can help them? Yeah, that's uh, no problem. I think we do our best to make sure that people know about us. Um, the quickest way for us generally is uh, via our webpage. So our webpage, www.dwikerminingafrica.com.co.za, it all goes to the same place. Uh, we have a small page at the bottom. It says, uh, do you have a burning platform? And uh, you can enter your details and someone will get back to you around that. Um, also on LinkedIn, you can search me, Jamie Van Square. Um, we are active, highly, very active on LinkedIn. We find it a great platform to share what we're doing, uh, how our clients are benefiting. So there's a lot of use cases there and on our use on our website. Um, on our partner's website, bossandynamics.com, if you go there, you'll see us as an integration partner, uh, and you'll see a lot about what they're doing as a global uh, global initiatives. I think those are quite interesting to adapt. But um, And that's the Dwyker mining side of it, specifically focused around African mining. And then, excitingly, late last year, we at the launch, we also launched Deep Tech, uh, solutions, which is a non-mining uh, platform, but essentially borrowing a lot of what we've developed, tested, and are indeed in the mining space for industrial uh, clients. So deep tech, uh, deep-tech.io is that uh, web uh, web page, and there we are looking at you know technology as a service. If people can't afford uh, to buy a spot, how do we offer spot in a way that they can access the, the benefits and the capabilities? Uh, and there, it's more of a, a consultative uh, space as well. Okay, fantastic. I um, will definitely share those details um, on on uh, the Cliff Central and and Catalytic uh, LinkedIn stuff as well. Cool. Thank, Thank you very you. much. I appreciate it. It was a great chat. Thanks, Zach. Always good. Looking forward to the next one. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Unbundled Boost, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to boost business in South Africa. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you want to know more about Catalytic, please visit catalytic.co.za.